Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Block Talk Radio, Students for a Better Future, hosted by Ruben Torres and Mark Falzon, and you're already knowing my moniker. I'm the political optometrist, helping you see clearly, Dr. Mark. And while we're waiting for Mr. Stone, we've already spoken with him, we know he's there, I wanted to go on a, a momentary rant, and here's what my rant's about. Has everyone noticed the underhanded villainy evil conduct of the GOP tactics against Donald Trump. Now, the only thing they remind me of are the evil, villainous sheepics they use against Tea Party candidates. So here's my question. When it comes to fighting Obama, why do the Republicans break out the pillows? Why aren't they fighting Obama with the same gnarly nastiness that they're fighting Donald Trump and the Tea Party? When I when that clicked with me today, as you can tell, that really burned me up. You know, most people know I'm a Tea Party Democrat, and most of my Tea Party friends are Republicans, and they ask me, why don't you convert to the Republican Party? And maybe this is one of the reasons that, that I was not maybe. It's definitely one of the reasons I won't. Because you could see the Republicans could fight tough, hard, and nasty when they want to. But when it comes to, oh, jackass, and we spell that, of course, with capital S's at the end, uh, mimicking Hitler's SS because, oh, jackass is well weaponizing all sorts of departments within the government. When it comes to fighting our jackass, the Republicans just roll over. Paul Ryan gave, with this bullshit budget, every single thing Obama wanted. And then he's got the nerve to hold a press conference today and allude that Donald Trump is a fan of the KKK. You know, I was telling Ruben off the air, thank God I wasn't in front of him when he did that, because I think I would have lunged across the table to get my hands around his stinking, whore, sellout, turncoat neck. And that goes for most of the creeps in D.C. Okay, Ruben, let me take a breather. Are you there, Ruben? Hello? Oh, Ruben's not there either. I mean, you know what? He's trying to reach out to Mr. Stone. We spoke to him, and he, apparently he was in the midst of some other telephone interview because uh, I'm sure all of you know the name Roger Stone. Uh, he's an A-lister. Uh, I saw him, I think it was on either CNN or Fox, uh, last go-round of primaries, and he was one of the commentators. Uh, I've seen him on Barney. I've seen him on Dobbs. Uh, I don't really watch the rest of Fox anymore. Uh, just like I don't listen to Mark Levin anymore. Just like I'm really not listening to Rush Limbaugh anymore. Um, you know what I found funny? Here's Mark Levin launching his new television network, and then he goes and he insults all the Trump followers. Good business move, Mark Levin. Real shrewd to you. You know, uh, everyone respects standing up for your principles, but uh, l- l- let's not cross the line. And Mark Levin, you've crossed the line, brother. I, I, it hurt my heart to hear the things you were saying about Trump, 
about his supporters, and I really can't listen to you anymore. And uh, you were one of my favorites. Right now, uh, I don't know about the rest of you folks, but when I'm listening, I, I, I actually prefer Michael Savage now uh, on the air. Um, yeah, I find him, uh, I, you know, I don't want to say middle of the road because he's definitely a constitutionalist, but uh, I, I'm liking him more and more. Now, he happens to be a fan of Trump. It has been from day one. I'm happy about that. Um, now, on the other side of the fence, I have to tell you, I had a uh, discussion with a friend of mine that I've known over four decades from New York City. And he's not pro-Trump. Uh, and I am. And we were laughing about it, that we have to agree to disagree. And I'm sure what he expressed to me, uh, I'm sure people are feeling this out there. He's like, oh, Mark, this is my worst nightmare. Trump and a Clinton. Oh, my God. He, you know, running as two final candidates for president. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to convince him. Uh, while, while we're waiting, and since I support Trump, I, I want to discuss one of the things that I hear people on Facebook saying. It's quite disturbing because, because it's so inaccurate that, to me, anyone who mimics this and repeats this line is just a uh, mindless parrot because they heard some chooch say it somewhere else, they say it, and that is, Donald Trump is a liberal. I can't vote for him. Well, my response to this and my response to everyone is, how many liberals want to build a wall between the United States and Mexico? How many liberals want to rejuvenate the American military? How many liberals support the police? How many liberals support the Second Amendment? How many liberals want to see an adjustment to our trade policies? The answer to all those questions above is none. None. You know, this is America. You can support who you like. Uh, you want to promote your candidate. By God, by all means, you do that. But when you start the negative, nasty derogatory posts, whether on Facebook or Twitter, that's where I think you're crossing the line. I support Trump. As everyone knows, Rubin supports Cruz. We have a great relationship. I respect his choice. He respects mine. I don't see him doing Trump bashing. You don't see me doing Cruz bashing. Now, and then I'm going to have to wrap up with Whatever respect I held for Marco Rubio, and I call him Rube-E-O, that's how I spell it, R-U-B-E-E-O, and I call him that because he allowed Chuck Schumer and the other Democrats to literally con the shorts off him. And when Marco Rubio tweets, I always ask him that question. Hey, Marco, did you ever get your shorts back from Chuck Schumer? You know, the ones he conned right off your fanny. Um, and now with the attacks that he's doing, I mean, Trump has his style true. And Trump can be vicious. True. But now where Marco is going is just petty, adolescent, distasteful and deceitful and 
I have no respect left for this man. As far as I'm concerned, he might as well be part of the old jackass Bolshevik apparatchik operating out of D.C., you know, smothering conservative groups, smothering Tea Party groups, sending out the IRS, sending out OSHA, sending out this department and that, you know, harassing you because you have the nerve to withstand the Bolshevik propaganda party line and agenda. So Marco Rubio, go to hell. Pathetic. Cruz, I'm also, and I wish Ruben was on the air with me. I have to tell you, I'm losing respect for him, too. I mean, come on, Cruz. Yet Donald Trump is, uh, what, he's head of one of the mafia crime families in New York? Give me a damn break. Uh, Donald Trump is a supporter of David Duke. Get the hell out of here. Give me a break, Cruz. Cruz, you better start uh, shaping up, buddy. Because I'm sure it's not just me, but you're losing the following of a lot of conservatives because of the methods that you've been using. Now, I I, I really feel that the switchboard is open, folks. If you want to call in, now's the time to do it. Ruben is offline with Mr. Stone. I don't know what's going on. I'm just trying to entertain us. So the board is open. Here's Ruben. Ruben, are you there, buddy? Yes, I yeah, am. Hi. Yeah. Okay, would you like me okay. to attend? You want me to call Mr. Oh, Stone now? Uh, I just sent uh, an email to uh, his publicist. I'm waiting for her to respond back to me. Yeah, because uh, if he doesn't show up now after this, baby, that's it. You you know, uh, no insult, but in New York we call this Puerto Rican baseball. Two strikes and you're out. (laughs) You don't get three strikes on the radio. I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, she she, uh, she, uh, told me, uh, please, uh, he wants to promote the two books. So, hey, we're giving him the Okay. Let me, let me, let me, uh, I'll put you on hold and I'm going to call her directly. Okay. All right. I'll just uh, keep dancing over here. You know, I wanted to remind you, we are students for a better future. We are 501c3, I believe. Uh, We operate on your donations. And rest assured, for every dollar donated to students for a better future, about it's up to $1.65 is spent on ongoing operations. So this isn't the type of outfit where any money you donate and uh, maybe 80, 70, 60, 50, 40% goes to the cause. No, 165% of every dollar you give us goes to the cause. And that goes, and that's uh, the, our leader is Her Highness Doreen Finkel, terrific, wonderful lady. I've known her a long time now. Well, you know, since all this uh, Bolshevism uh, appeared on our nation's doorstep, uh, I've known her since then. She's legitimate. She's sincere. She's focused. And I just love the lady. It's too bad I'm married. Too bad she's married or I would have made a run at her. But maybe that's not something we want to share on a family show. <laughs> Ruben now, as you heard, he's uh, 
attempting to do things offline with Mr. Stone. I apologize, and like I said, uh, I hope Mr. Stone comes on tonight because this is our second attempt. If it doesn't work out, oh well. I need no insult. It's what we used to call the New York City Puerto Rican baseball, and what it is, two strikes and you're out. See you, sayonara, tell your story, walking. Anyway, uh, I'm away from the TV. The last I saw, Trump was winning uh, seven states, trailing in Texas, leading in the other states. Um, it looks like Trump is going to take 10 out of 11. Uh, he'll also get a big chunk of delegates in Texas uh, because Texas is not winner-take-all. They do have 155 electoral votes or primary votes, excuse me. Um, okay, I'm so back. That I'm back be... I'm All right, back. what's up? What's What's the what's the lowdown, Ruben? Uh, I just left a message for her, his publicist, so uh, she she she's good at getting back to me. So um, I will um, I will update you as soon as she up, updates me. But um, I just wanted to touch uh, touch on what you said for a little while. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm sorry. I I, I hit the dial button for Mr. Stone. Let's oh, see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like Donald Trump, minus the ten billion dollars, though. You know, I can be pushed. <laughs> You've reached the voicemail of Roger Stone. Please leave oh, your that name didn't work. after the tone. And yeah. Well, well let's wait until let's wait until his publicist uh, gets back. Okay. To you. At the tone. I want, Please record I want, your message. Just hang. Yeah. Just hang up. Um, I wanted to touch on, on I, I briefly heard you about um, Ted Cruz. Well, the thing is, the thing is this. Uh, this is politics. This is politics, and politics is dirty, and, and each, each of these individuals are going to get nasty with each other. But I think, I think uh, in contrast to Rubio, Ted Cruz has always focused on policies and issues. He hasn't had, he hasn't had now the situation with the mob. This is something that has been, as a New Yorker, as a New Yorker, growing up in the city. I mean, 15 blocks away from Trump Towers. Um, you know, there's always been a discussion because of his involvement in, in real estate. Even as growing up, that he was. I'm not saying now, but I think in, at one time that he was involved with the mob. So well, you know, I have to say, I'm half Italian, so I don't like any of these Italian organized crime uh, tie-ins. Uh, and the thing I like to say, uh, you know, I don't call them the mafia. I call them successful entrepreneurs from Brooklyn of Italian descent. <laughs> uh, uh, because, and uh, the, the thing is with Donald, though, Ruben, he's been in the public eye for decades. Yeah. There's nothing new. It, even the underhanded, two-faced, girly boy GOP can come up with on this. I mean, I'm sure every Bolshevik leftist urchin is digging through magazines and film clips. You know, all of them want to be the little Davy to slay the Goliath, but it's not going to happen. The man's been in the public eye. 
for, like I said, for decades, Ruben. Do you think anything new is going to come out? I mean, this, this mafia stuff, they bounced off him, I think, in the late 80s or early 90s. And he, guess what? He got through it. You know, right, right. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's something that's gonna uh, you know that it's gonna stick, but it's politics, Mark. It's politics, and, and they're gonna yeah, bring. Yeah, I, I know, but they, here's the thing, though, Ruben. Here we got Cruz telling us he's the stand-up, conservative, principled guy, and uh, he's fighting like he's doing the uh, gutter snipe imitation. It doesn't become him. I mean, I've, I've heard him. In the past few days, stand up and make statements that were so grossly inaccurate and untrue that I was like, Cruz, I mean, he's, he's really, to like, me, he's taking like his own like reputation to me. Like what? Like what? Oh, he was talking about uh, the, uh, they talk about the taxes, how utterly ridiculous. That, that that's the first thing. The second thing was the mafia. The third thing with Cruz and both of them was the KKK. It's like cut it out. It's not going to stick. We know what you're doing. We know the well, game. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you know. You know. The, the the thing about the thing is that the the person who who has been getting a lot of media attention and you know I have I've had discussions with people that are voting for Donald Trump. And and basically, he, they're always saying that that he he's getting attacked by the media. Let me tell you, Fox News. Oh, okay. I just got I just got a message. Uh, I'm backed up with a TV interview. Um, let me see. Um. All right. Well, you you know, go ahead. You answer that. Don't talk on the air. But just listen. I wanted to tell you and the audience. I schedule this as a 90-minute show tonight. So mm-hmm. even if Mr. Stone is a little late, we'll still get a nice block of time with him because I am really oh, yeah. looking forward to this. Oh, yeah. So he, he responded. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's quite all right. I mean, we have, we have 90 minutes. But getting back to uh, the discussion that we're having in regards to... You know, about Cruz being underhanded and, and not being himself. I know, I know, but the problem, the problem that I have, the problem that I have, not just with Donald Trump, but all, all these guys, is that the guy who, who's been beaten up by the media, who's been attacked really by the media, who is disliked by the media and the people, because let me tell you, Donald Trump has a large following in the media. The guy... Well, uh, but here's why, though. Know, there's Adam only Adam one Adam. reason for that. There's only one reason for that, Ruben. He brings ratings. They don't like him. They try and uh, trick him and deceive him and double-cross him right and left, but they want to have him on their show because he brings ratings. That's all. It it, it isn't love for the uh, U.S. political system or their fondness of the presidential primary enterprise. No. He brings ratings and they're whores, face it. I mean, that's all that it's about. Uh, How many shows that Trump has been on in his early candidacy where those shows broke their own records, whether it was Hannity, O'Reilly, the debate. Right. And wherever he goes, he brings startling numbers. Oh, yeah, no. That's and why the media for, has him. That's why he dominates the uh, – that's why he dominates the media. The people want him. Now, they once they get him on, they try and kick him. They try and bite him. But they I'm do have you. him on. I'm with you on that, but 
but when I hear this complaint that the media is attacking him, no, the, the, the number one person who's running in, in, in this presidential race that is always getting attacked and is disliked because the man tells the truth is Ted Cruz. You cannot fight that. You cannot argue that. I, I don't know how, how, how everyone else. You know, I've always liked Ted Cruz. I, 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 I tell you that, Ruben, and if Trump weren't in the race, I'd be all in with Cruz. No, no doubt about it. But I just see in Trump a shrewd entrepreneur, a very bright man, keenly aware of what makes the world ticks. Because don't forget, Mr. Trump has business interests in Asia, in Africa, in Europe, in North America. I, he may probably have one in Australia. Um, so this man knows what makes the world go round. Now, also, one of his dear buddies is Wynn. Wynn has one of the largest casinos in the world on the little island of Macau off the Chinese yeah. mainland. Now, from yeah. what I recall, Macau used to be a Portuguese colony. Yeah. Now, I don't know I, its status now because the Chinese did reclaim Hong Kong. So no, I can imagine part of, part it, 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 yeah, the, the Chinese grabbed it right. So you have Wynn now who has the, one of his, his largest casino in Macau, intricately involved with the Chinese. These men know the, the Chinese communists because, don't forget, they still are communists. Don't forget, if you're the ministry of something in China and you bring bad publicity and make mistakes, uh, you don't lose your job. They take you in the back and shoot you. Okay, so it's still a communist society, and these men know keenly the inside dealings with China. That's why when Trump talks about China, I listen. These men know. Well, I, and, I, I've been. Go ahead. I've been to. I've been to China, and I've been. I've been to. Uh, I travel all, all, all over China um, a couple of years ago. Yeah, Mister International yeah. Traveler. I'm all ears. Tell me, what was it like? <laughs> And, 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 and Macau is, is a small island that basically is controlled by the Chinese government. There's a lot of casinos, uh, and it, it generates a lot of money for, for the Chinese government. But I – and you know what? I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that Donald Trump – and I, I like the fact that he has – he's very blunt. I like people who are very blunt because I'm very blunt when I have to say something. I just – you know, the reason I, I like Ted Cruz number one is because the, the, the I, I just see sense sense that the man is has a lot of more of my values that I believe in. Even though I'm a New Yorker by heart, I there's a lot of New York values that I do not like. And, and growing up, I, I just thought that it was a, the it, 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 okay. He's ready now. Uh, give him a call. You want me to call him? Yeah. Okay, I'll call him. Okay, well, let me let me reach out. Drum roll, please. This is dialing. We don't hear it. Here it goes.
Here we go. Drum roll, please. <clears throat> Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi, Roger. How are you? I'm great. Sorry about that. What a fiasco. I'm a one-man band here. No, no. You you are you are uh, very, very uh, in demand, so <laughs> I, we appreciate you taking the time to come on the program. Um, no, I'm happy to do it. Definitely tonight is a, is a very, very important night, and I, I definitely want to um, um, have my uh, co-host, which is uh, Mark Paulson. He, he's he's a, a very, very, very big fan, just like I am about with, about you. And, and we want to basically focus on tonight. Uh, let, me, let me introduce you to the audience, because... You have such a stellar, you've had, and you still have a stellar career uh, in regards to basically what you have accomplished. You, you, it's an amazing resume. If you look at it, it's just totally incredible um, what you have done. And can you basically, of all the accomplishments, working for different presidents and, and participating in so many different uh, general elections and primaries, what up to this moment, what has been the biggest accomplishment in your political career? Uh, I would have to say that I'm proudest of the uh, the small role I played in the election of President Ronald Reagan, because uh, okay. I think he was the last outsider president, very much like Trump, not part of the existing political establishment, despite the fact that he'd been governor. Uh, he was a Westerner. He'd come out of the union movement and out of the entertainment world instead of the political world. Uh, and he was a big picture thinker. I also am very proud of the work I did in the rehabilitation of uh, former President Richard Nixon, who I worked with, uh, and help uh, get his books out the door and kind of rehabilitate his public image as a foreign policy expert in his post-presidential Wow, I didn't think you were that old, Roger. I, you're dating yourself. I didn't think you were that old. <laughs> well, I, I, went, I, was, I, was 19, I was 19 years old when I went to work for the 1968 uh, Nixon campaign. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> Pardon me, well, uh, well, not, not the, 1960, 1972. Anyway, go ahead. No, no. Uh, so, so, now how about 2004? You're not going to list that amongst your uh, greater accomplishments, sir? Which election do you refer to? Um, I mean, well, the 2000 recount. That was Bush. Uh, oh, that would be 2000, the 2000 recount. Is what I think you refer to. Right. No, actually, oh, that's sorry. the greatest yes, single right. mistake. That, that's the greatest single mistake I ever made in my entire life. <laughs> I was doing it. My, I was doing my party duty. In other words, I have, would have never been a Bush Republican. Uh, in my role working for Ronald Reagan, I opposed selecting him for the ticket, although it wasn't my decision. I tried to persuade uh, Governor Reagan out of it, as did many others. Okay, I was. Uh, I was confident that he would betray the Reagan revolution. I always thought George H.W. Bush had a tin ear. And then candidly, until I did my research for my book on the Kennedy assassination, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, which is a New York Times bestseller, has now sold almost 100,000 copies, I really didn't understand how evil the Bushes were and how their hands show up in so many strange places like um, uh, Watergate, like the Kennedy assassination, like Iran-Contra, like uh, some of these shady Chinese oil deals. Um, wow. And, uh, I, didn't under- I, I didn't understand their connections to um, 
the intelligence community to uh, drug dealing. Uh, and that my, so, therefore, my most recent book, Jeb and the Bush Crime Family, right. really, I think, was a major factor in Jeb getting out of this race. Because I tell you how he got rich. He went from being, you know, having no money to having a lot of money, and he didn't get any of it, honestly. It's all using inside connections and using the levers of the governorship to enrich yourself, which is, you know, should, should be illegal. It's yeah, not. It sounds like Hillary. You almost sounds as bad as Hillary, Roger. Well, he is as bad as Hillary. That's the point, because the Bushes and the Clintons work together. Right. Well, <laughs> and he's going to demonstrate in the book. Roger, can demonstrate you go the book. Ahead Roger, can you go ahead and mention the, the two books that, that you want to promote? We'll put it on, sure. on, on our home page. Sure. Uh, the, I think the most influential book here is The Clinton's War on Women because it picks apart the fundamental premise of Hillary's campaign. She is not an advocate for women girl, and girls. She has been an abuser of women and girls, whether it's on a micro level or a macro level. Her husband is a sexual predator. He's assaulted numerous women, bit them, raped them, exposed himself to them, and she has facilitated that. She has been an accessory after the fact because it's Hillary who runs the cover-up, who, who discredits and demeans these women and who bullies them, who terrifies them into leaving town or not talking to reporters or not answering to a subpoena. So she you is know, the war It's funny, funny you say that, sir. It's funny you say that because the last few weeks I have been going on a rant to me, the, the most egregious Clinton uh, sexual episode was what he did to Catherine Willie. Oh, my God. I mean, the woman's husband kills herself. She's financially ruined. She goes to him an emotional wreck, and he sexually abuses her at that time. I mean, yes. What kind of monster would do something like that, especially to someone that's yeah, actually it's, the, the timing is extraordinary. At the exact time that she's in the office asking for a job, her husband walks out into the woods outside their home with a shotgun and blows his head off. <laughs> so, um, and she has struggled with his debts uh, to this day. The Clintons um, have put um, enormous economic pressure on her to try to silence her. Uh, Heavy-handed private detectives who work for Hillary. Uh, threatened her children, uh, killed her cat, slashed her windshield, broke her windshield, broke into her house numerous times, uh, took a tire gun to her to her tires. I mean, it was a, it was a full on terror campaign. Strange wow. men constantly walking up to her in the street and saying, "You're in danger. You're in real danger." So uh, this is that these are the tactics of Bill and Hillary Clinton. Make no mistake about it. Fantastic. Do, do you do you do you sense? Uh... In regards to the uh, the Clintons right now, they're under undue pressure because of uh, Hillary's email email gate um, and the server, the email server that she had at home. Do you do you think that at this point the Clintons are finally against the wall and they can be defeated? Well, it remains to be seen. I don't think they are going to indict her. I think she knows that. I think she's got a political agreement. There's no question whether she's broken the law. The question is whether she's going to be prosecuted. Uh, I was seeing Britt Hume today on Fox saying that um, there's no evidence of she'll walk because there's no evidence of intent. That's actually incorrect. There's no need under this law for intent. Criminal negligence alone would be sufficient for a conviction. Britt Hume should pay attention to the legal analyst on Fox, Judge <laughs> Andrew Napolitano. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, 
in regards to the uh, Bush dynasty, is it over now that Jeff uh, is, is, has dropped out of the, the race? I mean, is that it? Not, o- not over Not over at all. A Trump advanced man who was actually in the room told me that when George H.W. Bush was introduced, was at the the uh, debate in Houston, uh, he pointed, while a camera was on him, he pointed to Donald Trump, and then he made the Sicilian throat-cutting motion across his neck. Yes, yes, I noticed that. Yes. The New York Daily News reports that Barbara Bush is now bent on revenge, that she is trying to convince Jeb to transfer the $30 million of dirty Wall Street money he has left over over to a Stop Trump effort. Uh, and they've made their peace with Rubio, even though there was some friction because of their prior relationship. Right. Just recognize Rubio, Rubio is Bush Republicanism in a more attractive package. Rubio is a is a fanatic neocon uh, who is a globalist, who's responsible for the policies that we have right now. Trade policies that are ruining us, immigration policies that make our streets unsafe, fiscal policies right. that have made us broke, uh, and these expensive you know, I to ask you a- uh, wars. I no, want to ask you a question. I, I noticed this on Rubio's tax return. For a few years, when he was first in office, he made a couple of hundred thousand dollars. I think his third Senate year, all of a sudden his income leapt to almost just shy of a million dollars. Do you know where he's getting this money from? I don't. I, I do Rubio. know that his... His wife is on the uh, payroll of the billionaire car dealer, Norman Brayman. Whether or not she really has a job or whether this is a sinecure is not clear. Um, He has always struggled with money. Um, He had no money uh, as a state representative. He had no money in the time that he was speaker. I think he has had uh, a lot of problems with his credit. Uh, And as we know, he inappropriately used the party credit card to pay for a number of things. Right. He did later reimburse the party, but only after he was caught, as Donald Trump would say. Uh, that is the culture of Tallahassee. Uh, a lot of questions about his relationship with Congressman David Rivera, who's under federal investigation on some very seedy uh, campaign finance violations. But listen, by March 15th, Rubio is either in or out. He cannot go forward if he does not win Florida, his home state. And the last poll I saw had Trump leading him 45 25. Yeah, Roger, that's that's one of the things that I wanted to discuss with you tonight um, in regards to uh, reviews. I know you you have made some appearances on on television, alternative media, where you have indicated that there's a a plan with the the Cox Brothers brothers, uh, in regards to funding, putting up $25 million for Rubio to either win for or get out. That is correct. Uh, oh, good. So, uh, uh, when is the Florida primary? So I'll know when we're March rid of this. Uh, March, March the eyes of March. A, okay. Yeah, it's upon us very quickly, and that that will be the Waterloo for, uh, or or a great breakthrough for Marco Rubio. He needs to win it. He has a much more extensive campaign in the state than uh, than Trump. Trump is again, I think, underfunded. Uh, but has much greater enthusiasm, much better dedication, and as I indicated, the Trump phenomena is a natural phenomena. In many cases, you don't have to call the voters. They're coming out anyway in record numbers. 
Yeah, I haven't seen anything like this in a long time, Roger. And I have to. I'm going to steal a line from uh, MSNBC, and I have to tell you, Donald is giving me a tingle up my leg, Roger. No doubt about it. I haven't seen anything like this. I, 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 it, I, I mean, I wasn't that politically active with uh, during the Reagan presidency, um, and we had ties, personal ties, to one of the Marines killed. In Lebanon, you know, when uh, Hezbollah drove the truck bomb into the Marine barracks. Yes, um, yes. But I've never seen anything like this that I'm seeing now with Trump. And uh, and when I say i got a tingle up my leg, I really mean that. This is, uh, you know, I'm, I have five children, Roger, and I tell my children, watch this, take it in, because you you may not see anything like this for decades, if not the your lifetime with what's going on. No, look, I think it's, I think it's our, the last best chance for this country. If we don't, if we do not take our country back now and make it better, then we will step off into a thousand years of darkness. Uh, I do think that that um, that you know, Trump is not a pure conservative, and I don't argue that he is. He's just the best choice Correct. for conservatives this year, because on the four big issues that matter: our economy, our immigration policy, our trade policy, and our foreign policy. He has the most conservative positions, and he gets things done. He's a fighter. These other guys talk. They talk and talk and talk and talk, so they can get right. campaign contributions from special interests. Right. Nothing ever really gets done other than these guys getting reelected and reelected and reelected. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And I'm, and the, what the GOP is now doing, because it was the GOP that's pushing this KKK baloney. It's the GOP that's pushing this tax return malarkey, because I believe it was Mitt Romney that fired that first salvo. In that, in that yeah, no, this uh, has echoes, echoes of Goldwater. This really has echoes of Goldwater. Look, Rockefeller, Romney, Scranton, particularly Scranton, savage Goldwater. He was a madman. He was a neo-Nazi. He, he, was, a, he was going to launch a nuclear war. He was, going to confla- he was going to conflagrate the world. They destroyed this guy. Lyndon Johnson he, didn't he, have he, to do much in a general election. Yeah, it, it's uh, I'm I'm a bit younger than you, but I remember this this song from the Barry Goldwater campaign, and I remember as little children we were singing this on the streets of New York City, and it's a little jingle, and it says, "You'll wonder where the yellow went when Barry bombs the Orient," and that was the attitude that they did hoist on him. And even though I was a, a young I understood what was going on there, but I, I always got a kick out of that jingle. You wonder where the yellow went when so you were so you were already per, you, were, you were already perpetrating dirty tricks at your young age. Yes, yes, <laughs> on the street corners of uh, Long Island City, Queens. Yes, New York City. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> hey, well, just remember, just remember, one man's dirty trick is another man's civic participation. <laughs> yeah, boy, we we certainly set our bar real low, Roger. I don't mean you and me personally, but the uh, nation. The bar is real low, let me tell you. Roger, uh, different scenarios. Uh, we have here, because I've said it on, on, on my blog, and, I, and I've said it on the radio, that there appears to be a couple of scenarios. Rubio... Cruz, Trump, none of them get to the 1237 magic number. Yes. 
Bloomberg would not. No, Bloomberg won't contend for the Republican nomination. He, he knows he would have no votes at all. He is a uh, he is a, a pro-abortion gun grabber. Zero chance. Uh, but yeah, you're so very I'm close. I think he the race. Well, the New York Times uh, confirms confirms Sunday that at least two of these campaigns, Kasich and Rubio, are planning ahead for the brokered convention. The idea is simple: Trump runs the tables in the primaries, but in a multi-candidate field, which nobody drops out. He never gets a majority. He's always kept with a plurality. He gets to Cleveland with uh, just short of the magic number to get nominated. Now, on the second ballot, a number of voters, a number of delegates who are pledged to Trump on the first ballot by law because he won primaries or caucuses are no longer bound. They can vote for whoever they want. And the right, establishment right. has placed those delegates. I have a piece at Breitbart up right now saying how the GOP – uh, establishment plans to steal the nomination from Donald Trump. It's all there in black and white. I've read it. I've so, read it. I was also tweeting with you today, sir. <laughs> you were responding to me. I don't think you realized you knew it was me. <laughs> well, Roger, in that, in that scenario, he gets to the um, he gets to the convention. He doesn't get it. You that know Donald Trump. Very well. Does he go in uh, third party? Well, first of all, he's not without assets, so don't assume that this effort to stop him will work. It's a very long shot. Right. There was a similar stop Goldwater operation that went nowhere. Trump also has the vice presidency. If you're 100 votes short of being nominated, you have, can get a block of delegates by trading the vice presidency, so that's an enormous leg up that I'm not sure that... Um, and... Some of these other uh, politicians are starting to see the wisdom of their of uh, the situation, like uh, Jeff Sessions, like Chris Christie, right. realize they'd rather be with the winner than, than trying to uh, do some kind of stop effort. Look, if the Republican Party does not nominate Donald Trump after he has dominated the primaries, then the nomination will be worthless. On the other hand, the Republican establishment type don't care about that. The lobbyist type's perfectly comfortable with four years of Hillary because you can buy her. She's a cash-and-carry crony capitalist. Look how much the Wall Street people have paid for. Right. Yeah, I know. You know, you know the, thing, the thing, you know, this email gate, as Ruben termed it, predominates the headlines. But to me, what was more uh, even egregious was – the influence peddling while she was Secretary of State. I mean, it looks like prosecution, you know, to me, a layperson on the outside, it looks like prosecution could occur just for that influence peddling. And I have to wonder if the email gate isn't just a cover for that more uh, sinister influence peddling. What, what do you think about her selling the Secretary of State office for the Clinton Foundation, Ryan? I think. I think you hit it right on the head. The emails that they're covering up that they've destroyed that they don't want us to see would reveal the nexus between the Clinton Foundation and the State Department. It's called pay for play. So Carlos Slim, Mexican billionaire, the largest single donor, um, and a man who's giving hundreds of millions to the Clintons, 
is getting decisions out of the State Department that approve his cellular telephone plans for the planet. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a perfect example. Or the Russian company, which is really a front for the government, that wants yeah, to corner oh, the market yeah, with the on uranium. U.S. uranium production. So mm -hmm. they take care of the Clintons personally in terms of in the form of speaking fees, plus these massive contributions to uh, the Clinton Foundation. Uh, General Electric has a giant military contract, defense contract, on how he's desperate for approval. They own NBC. NBC pays Chelsea Clinton $600,000 to do nothing. Uh, yeah, and General Electric job. gets their contract. Uh, so, I mean, it's it, it, the the Clinton Foundation is not a charity. It's a it's a um, it's a slush fund for grifters. Yeah, <laughs> it's a vehicle for the it's a vehicle for the facilitation of multi million dollar bribes. Uh, it's a luxury travel service for the for the Clintons. It, it pays for five star hotels and private jets and and a phalanx of flunkies, uh, all of whom are political. Very few of whom have any. Uh, charitable experience, and of course, this is where Sidney Blumenthal gets paid, a political hit. Oh, yeah, Why does charity yeah. need political hit? I've done a lot of work over the years. I've never been hired by a charity. So, <laughs> All right, right, and, and, and you know, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned his name, because I want to bounce this off you also. Let's talk about Libya. I was of the opinion that they wanted to eradicate Gaddafi because of Clinton crony business interests were being thwarted by Muammar Gaddafi. And once he's been removed, like he has been, those business interests have now been furthered in Libya. Uh, predominantly with, the, uh, if you recall, some of the emails that were released, Sid Blumenthal was emailing Hillary from Libya. Uh, do you have any insight on that uh, situation, Ron? Yeah, I, first of all, I think I think that, that the Clintons are very clever, so they triple-sold this deal. Uh, first of all, the nation of Oman, the neighboring nation, they want they want Gaddafi gone. They also have Tony Blair and Sarkozy in the U.K. and Sarkozy in France on the pad. They pay Bill $2.5 million for a speech. They pay Hillary a million and a half for a speech. They put $2.5 million into the Clinton Foundation, and lo and behold... Hillary's on board in terms of getting rid of Gaddafi. Uh, but there are other interests as well. I think Sun, uh, Shell Oil paid multi-millions of dollars. They wanted to get rid of him. So, yes, Hillary was selling foreign policy decisions. In New Jersey, they call this pay for play. Uh, and uh, I do think she's indictable on all that. The Clinton's defense is amazing. They say, well, you have no proof. That's their, that's their defense. They don't say, no, we didn't do it. They say, oh, no, you have no proof. It's very clever. Uh, but and this will warm your heart. Just remember, the woman who signed all these uh, disclosure reforms that are permeated with fraud for the Clinton Foundation to the IRS and the states, lying on those forms is a felony. Therefore, I would say Chelsea Clinton's got some big problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Roger, Roger, if... Go ahead, Roger. Roger, I, I, I wanted to... Um, it's exciting and uh, very interesting hearing in regards to the Clintons, but I want to I want to focus uh, now on on Super Tuesday today. Yes. Uh, yes. Donald Donald has won Tennessee, has won Georgia, has won Massachusetts. Um, Ted Cruz has has been has won Texas and Oklahoma. 
and possibly Oklahoma. Wait, he's won Oklahoma the last I saw Trump was leading in Oklahoma. Yes. He won yeah, Oklahoma. no, it is, now go, it is now going to Cruz. Yeah. Oh, what okay. Do you, how do you see, is this, become, is this going to become a two-man race? Uh, well, it's a little early to say. I'm a little disturbed that uh, Arkansas and Virginia uh, appear to be closer than they should be. Um, those are, interestingly enough, and as is Texas, very close, although Cruz won. We have literally hundreds of complaints of voter irregularities in Texas. When I say we, I refer to the Trump ballot security project that I'm working on through the uh, Committee to Restore America's Greatness. We have dispatched uh, teams of lawyers and other election law experts uh, to a number of these places. We're going to have to have uh, poll watchers in the next round of primaries. That's clear. Uh, there's some evidence that uh, that uh, that there is wholesale theft of uh, absentee ballots going on in Ohio. We're also looking into that. So when the smoke clears tonight, I want to see if there is some commonality between the states that turned out to be closer or that Trump lost narrowly and allegations of voter fraud. That's something we well, need to I, look for. I, I, but Trump, I, can, I, I can tell you about Texas. Uh, they, were, they were taking um, uh, ballots, switching ballots, not just Donald Trump, Ted Cruz. Yeah, many, many, many ballots. Uh, we we are right. aware I mean, of that. Yeah. It, and we're, and we're looking stopped. into it. But also, importantly, though, Trump wins Massachusetts, Trump wins Georgia. Trump is now demonstrating he can win in every region of the country. Marco Rubio, known to Trump as little Marco Rubio, uh, is yet to carry a single state, yet to be first. Ted Cruz has now been first in three states. Oklahoma is something where he simply out-organized the Trump people. The guys well, running I, the campaign, the Trump campaign in Oklahoma were not particularly good. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, it's interesting that almost 3,000 Democrats Switch to vote in the GOP and to vote for Donald Trump. That was very impressive. Yeah, no, this is the phenomenon we're seeing everywhere. First of all, the total vote in the Republican primaries is much, much larger than the Democrats. The Democrats oh, yeah. have no enthusiasm for Hillary. Uh, the machine Democrats, the organizational Democrats, are being for her because they know the Clintons are very vindictive, nasty people uh, and that they have long memories. And God forbid she wins and doesn't think I was with her. Uh, they're also keeping score on those who left them for Obama. So there's no enthusiasm among the Democrats for Hillary. Plus, they don't, they're tired of her baggage. I mean, we're going to spend the fall talking about her abusive women, her disastrous tenure uh, at uh, the State Department and her emails, Benghazi, uh, and then the Clinton Foundation. Not to mention, we're going to be talking about Bill's abandoned African-American son, Danny Williams, who's 30 years old who is the son of Bill and can prove it, uh, and who Hillary banished. So don't tell us black lives matter because they don't matter if you're Danny Williams. Uh, They discarded this this young man like a piece of garbage. Really? I didn't hear that one. Wait. Oh, yeah. uh, He's the son of Bill Clinton, obviously, by one of his uh, uh, traipsing uh, somewhere in some hotel or whatever. He is is, an out-of-wedlock son? That is correct. Bill Clinton is the father of Danny Williams, D-A-N-N-E-Y, Danny Williams. You can find him on Twitter. You can find him on Facebook. He's a fine young man. He looks just like his famous father. A DNA <laughs> test that was reported in the Washington Post in 1999 that, that, see, that uh, purports to disprove this 
turned out, based on my research, to be a fraud. There is no DNA test. This is all in my book, The Clinton's War on Women, plus there are a number of pictures of Danny next to his father at each, at each, uh, at each stage of his uh, life, and he looks more and more like his dad. Uh, his mother passed two lie detector tests. Uh, Arkansas state troopers tried to kill her, dumped her out of a third-story window. Uh, a local civil rights activist was paid off to stop talking about this. Uh, it, this is a very sordid tale. If you've read the, the novel Primary Colors, the story is true. So don't lecture us about uh, Black Lives Matter or that it takes a village. Uh, Bill Clinton is a deadbeat dad. He, in fact, it's worse because Danny Williams has five children of his own. So Bill Clinton is a deadbeat granddad. Uh, and they never <laughs> nurtured their son, held their son, loved their son. Uh, this is a disgrace. And I think that people in the African-American community need to know about it. Definitely. And they will know about this trumpeting this one. I'm going to be trumpeting this all over. (laughs) Thank you for that. Roger, Roger, we want to know how our audience and ourselves, because we're interested, how do we get your book? How do we buy your book? Sure. You go to rogerstone.com, rogerstone.com, no D, R-O-G-E-R, rogerstone.com. Or you can go, if you want the Bush book, you can go to bushcrimes.com. Okay. Uh, and if you want the Clinton book, you can go to clintonswar.com. No apostrophe, obviously. Clinton's War. Uh, <laughs> or you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Okay. Or, uh, and uh, and uh, it is doing exceedingly well. The Clintons have worked very hard to try to limit the press coverage about this book. Uh, they very specifically leaned on MSNBC, the, uh, the uh, fascistic... Uh, Clinton uh, psychophant group Media Matters for America, funded by George Soros, has demanded that I be barred from CNN. They claim it's because I use some intemperate language on Twitter, but the real reason is because I'm blowing the whistle on the Clintons. And over at the Clinton News Network, the Clinton News Network, I mean, look, this fellow Wilson, who calls himself a political consultant out of Tallahassee, he tweets that somebody should put a bullet in Donald Trump. He also accuses Ann Coulter of having anal sex with Donald Trump in return for her support. Yet he's still on CNN. He's still a commentator on CNN. I think the point is very clear. They are silencing me or attempting to uh, because uh, I've exposed the Clintons as criminals. And that's and that's a, a lot of a lot of individuals, a lot of a lot of my colleagues. They respect you for that because you have exposed them, and 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 we needed someone like you to be out there exposing. The Clintons, and that's that's a, that's a great job that you've done. Well, it's a great tra- it's a great tragedy. It's a great tragedy that uh, that Bernie Sanders has not done what it took. He needed to talk her about her abusive women. He needed to talk about the, her job at the State Department, her missing emails. He needed to talk about the Clinton Foundation. He, all he did was rant about Wall Street, and then she sounded just like him because she's a liar. She's taking a ton from Wall Street, but she'll say anything she needs to say to get elected. Bernie loses. He never raised the most salient issues. Her abuse of women. Her her abuse of the black community. Anyway, uh, gentlemen, Roger, this has been delightful. Definitely, definitely, Roger. I, I, thank you again for coming on, and, and uh, we'll be in touch. Very good. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Roger. It it was a pleasure. Thank you very much for taking time from your schedule to join us. We really appreciate it, sir. All right. So, getting back to the um, 
getting back to the uh, Super Tuesday, those are, so far, Donald Trump has won Massachusetts, has won Tennessee, has won Georgia and Virginia. Ted Cruz Alabama. Alabama. Ted Cruz has won uh, Texas, Oklahoma, and on the verge of winning Arkansas. And we're 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 still we're not sure about Minnesota and a couple. Let me think. Yeah. Now the, the, you know the thing is, here's the dilemma for the uh, establishment prostitute criminals in D.C., also called Republicans. The top two candidates they don't like. They don't like Donald exactly. Trump. They don't like Cruz. That's why they're trying to push Rubio. Rubio, in the meantime, is going to the bottom of the trash heap uh, where he, he deservedly belongs. So uh, these, uh, you know, I'm hoping that Trump and Cruz bury the hatchet in public real quick. You know, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see these guys, you know, promoting themselves. But stop this nasty stuff. And in all fairness, I'll, I'll tell you, Ruben, something Trump did that disturbed me and I was yelling at the TV shut up when he was talking about Bush and the WMDs and Iraq. I, I didn't like that at all. And I'm glad he's discontinued that because just like Rubio has completely turned me off, if Donald kept banging that drum, uh, I would have had second thoughts. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, like I, I'm with you. I'm with you. On, I'm with you on that too. I, I think. I, I think if it comes to, I, I, I don't understand why Kasich and Carson are still there. I, I don't I know. Think, you know, you heard what Carson said. Carson said he's already been received calls and offered money and positions to pull out of the race. Uh, so I, I give him credit for staying there because they're trying to bribe him out. Kasich, you know, I wasn't a Kasich fan when he was a fill-in for Bill O'Reilly on Fox News uh, or when he was hosting his own shows on Fox News. I wasn't a fan of the guy. Although I have a dear friend in Ohio uh, from New York City. He lives in Ohio now. I've known him over 40 years, about 40 years. He's, and he lives in Ohio, okay? He lives in Columbus. And he, tell me, he tells me that, that he thinks Kasich is doing, a, doing right by Ohio. So I'm happy about that. You know, I'm not only happy for my friend, I'm happy for all the people of Ohio. You know, I, I've been to Columbus. you ever been to Columbus? I've been to Columbus. I've been to uh, Toledo. When I, oh, okay. When I, well, I've only been to Columbus several times. And I'll tell you, one time I brought my sons with me, several of my sons, and they all told me they're relocating to, to Columbus because, and I had to admit this, wherever you turned were beautiful blonde-haired women. <laughs> you know, if you can get past the Ohio State banners, which are absolutely all over the place, you know, right. all over, all over Ohio. Uh, but my sons were like, "Oh my gosh, look, look at all these good-looking blonde women, and uh, they're all hiding <laughs> in Columbus." Yeah, no, no, it's it's definitely uh, uh, there. There is there. There is a lot of beauty in in, in Buckeye Buckeye country. 
But, but I, yes, I yes, yeah. I have a friend who, who, by the way, talk about timing. Uh, just before Obama became president, he opened up a gun shop in Columbus. Oh. And now he's doing exceptionally well, you know, with Obama being, of course, the best gun salesman in the Western world ever. Uh, uh, And my friend, just what I'm telling you about, he's had some, you know, like most people who have a successful business, he has failed in business. And I watched him go through some tough times, but now he's doing fine because talk about timing. Who knew Obama would win? Who knew gun sales would be up, you know, 40,000% cubed? Because uh, oh, jackass is in office, and uh, <laughs> it, it's something else to think about if you're considering voting for Hillary, whether you own a gun or not. Because I don't even own a gun, but just because I don't have the interest of owning a gun now, I don't know a year or two now if I'll be the same. But now and up till now, I have no interest in owning a gun. However, why should other people be? Uh, uh, unconstitutionally deprived of exercising their Second Amendment. What is wrong with these Democrats? I mean, whether it's the First Amendment, they don't want free speech, you have to be censored because that's how the Bolshevik rolled. The Second Amendment, no, only the crooks can have the guns, and you law-abiding Americans sit down and shut up this arm. Uh, to the Fourth Amendment for a legal search and seizure, uh, it's, you know, it looks to me, Ruben, I'm looking for a right or a constitutionally provided uh, uh, atmosphere that the Democrats haven't violated or are trying to violate. It seems it goes across the board. And the thing I want to tell the students is you may think socialism is okay, but the thing is socialism is not the end game here. Socialism is the next to last stop on this train with the last stop being Marxism. And I'm going to repeat myself again. Look, I understand they're having food riots in Venezuela. Venezuela, the pride, the pearl of South America, the capitalist success story. For some reason, they were hoodwinked. They elected Chavez. And the thing is, outside the U.S., once Bolsheviks gain power legitimately, they hold it illegitimately. They're not letting go. So now we have Chavez Light in uh, Venezuela, you know, some other Marxist stooge that obviously worked with him, and the general civilians of Venezuela are starting to live a nightmare. No bread, no milk, no beans, no nothing. And this mindset is what is trying to be brought over here which is why I use that analogy. Socialism is you waiting out online at the bakery outside. Capitalism is the bread waiting on the shelves inside for you. So if you're a student and you like going to Taco Bell and you like ordering food to be taken out, uh, you better reconsider this Bernie or Hillary because their policies will degrade that. And uh, now don't forget Venezuela just recently outlawed cable TV. No more cable TV in Venezuela. So that's how the Bolsheviks there are clamping down on the media and dissension as the general populace is going through suffering and poverty. 
and their suffering, their sins for electing what they thought was a socialist. They didn't realize, they didn't have Dr. Mark on the radio telling them, wait a second, socialism is the next, the last stop on this train. The last stop <laughs> is communism. Venezuela has it, and they're suffering. And I could imagine what's being discussed around the empty dinner tables in Venezuela by the average guy, Joes and Marys down there. You have to wonder. All right, Ruben, go ahead. I'm sorry. So to continue on, on, on Super, Sun, uh, Super Tuesday, excuse me, uh, I, I think this, this tonight uh, so far, and it's not over yet, um, it, it, it looks, and again, it's beginning to look like it's going to be a two-man race, um, especially, especially on March 15th, which is where Ohio and Florida. Yeah, big and states. Again, what happens is that in a lot of these states, like Texas, uh, a lot of the southern states, you have to get a percentage, a high percentage of 50% or higher to get all the delegates. So this is lining up in that in a lot of these elections, even if Donald loses or Ted loses, they're still getting a lot of delegates because none of these guys will get over 50 or 60%. Most of them don't even get over 20%. Sheesh. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to be very interested tomorrow morning and see the actual delegate count that comes out of this evening's primaries. Because I know Texas had 155 uh, votes. However, uh, it it isn't a winner-take-all. It's going to be distributed. So that's going to have an impact on Cruz's delegate tally. It's going to blunt well, that. I, uh, I can I, I can tell you I, I can tell you already already how how, how many an ex- estimate he's going to get at least a hundred and twenty a minimum a hundred and twenty out of the hundred and fifty five because he didn't get really even getting, though he was only winning by like eight nine percent. No 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 he, he he's at forty point seven percent now forty nine percent. Yeah, forty-nine percent of, of of all the uh, precincts have, have have submitted have um, provided. Right, so they almost counted half the vote. I understand. Yeah, they have counted half the vote. He's at forty percent. I, I I don't believe he's going to get to the fifty percent, but if he gets into the forty-five percent, forty-six percent, he's going to get a, at least a hundred and twenty, hundred and twenty-five. Donald will get. Mm, the how about uh? If you're looking Rubio, at it, how about Rubio? How's he doing? Oh no, no, he he's under he's under twenty percent. If you get under twenty percent in Texas, and in Alabama, and in Georgia, you get nothing. You you don't get you get nothing. Sick. Good. Uh, Good. So, so, so the establishment people have to be going crazy, Ruben. You have oh, yeah. Trump and Cruz. Uh, the, I mean, the two people they don't like. Trump and Cruz. Now, you have to wonder, they're going to be sitting around tonight, these uh, urchins, and uh, I wonder what kind, I think they don't like Trump more than Cruz. How about you? Who do you think, that's the question, who do you think they dislike more, Trump or Cruz? I personally believe that Ted Cruz is the most disliked person uh 
of all the candidates. Look look at what Chris Wallace did the other day. Oh, what a stinker. I, 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 you know what? After, well, go ahead and say, because I heard him say something, and I thought I, that that's it for me and get Chris Wallace. I see him yeah. up changing the channel. Go ahead. And, what and did you, you say? What guys, did you hear? Then you have Chris, Math- Chris Matthews, his credit. He 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 was defending Donald Trump, uh, but he was attacking Do- Ted Cruz, um, who who was a uh, um, Bill O'Reilly was defending. So a lot a lot of big media people do not like Ted Cruz at all, and and and, and you know that's what that's the reason I'm saying that he is the most mm-hmm. he, he's the he's the most disliked candidate, and you know of all the candidates. There's no okay, well, I, 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 I can live with that. They're just going after Trump now because he's in the lead. Uh, oh, although love, we they all love, know they, they have him. no love for him. And they love, they love Rubio. You know, Rubio gets uh, preferential treatment. Ted Cruz so far has not gotten any preferential treatment at all from the media at all. Oh, yeah, the media doesn't like him either. And please, when you mention little Marco's name, I call him Rube E.O. Because <laughs> to me, he is a Rube. You know, I, I had a run-in with Chuck Schumer personally, face-to-face with him once. Uh, okay, and this was when I lived in Brooklyn. And during uh, the New York City elections, many of the citywide offices, uh, candidates would come to Kings Highway Brooklyn train station because it was a massive hub. Not, not only did several trains meet there, all the buses, not all, but many buses servicing areas of Brooklyn that did not have subways, the buses took them to Kings Highway. So mm-hmm. I have a list of New York City candidates that even back then I chased off the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Andrew a Bella Abzug, uh, Liz Holtzman, there were others. But I went to do the same thing to Chuck Schumer because I didn't like him either. Uh, And at least he didn't run away. He held his ground. Uh, The people around us, uh, this knack I usually have of arousing people's passions around me, People were yelling at him, <laughs> and this is right on the uh, subway platform. People are yelling at him because even back then he was doing something against the Second Amendment, and I was letting him have it. But at least he didn't run away. And I have to say, I'm six feet. He was a little taller than me because I was nose to nose with the guy. So right. I, at least I gave him credit for that. At least he isn't a sissy Bolshevik. You you know, where where he stood there and he uh, took his feet down like a man. So I somewhat respect for him. But uh, it's just, I mean, let me ask you, you worked during the day, right? Have you heard the last few days what Rush Limbaugh has been talking about, this clandestine meeting that took place? Have you heard Uh... about that? In regards to who? This was uh, regards to Chuck Schumer and the rest of the Gang of Eight. They weren't eight yet. This was when they were assembling, and they had clandestine dinners with Rush Limbaugh, with uh, Marco Rubio, and uh, several other radio personalities. 
and they were it looked like to me a full court press by the Democrats, you know, to get this full immigration amnesty pushed. Right. Now, yeah. Rush Rush was saying on the air that he was asking Marco Rubio, how come you're even here talking to these people? Uh, Rush said that Chuck Schumer was, was talking about if the Republican Party wants a future, they better get on board with this, this, and that. And Rush's attitude was, well, since when are you concerned about the future of the, of the, the positive future of the Republican Party? I mean, now Rush walked away from them, but Rubio flew in with them, which is when I immediately disliked him, when I saw him throwing in with these people. And his past performance these past few months, now, again, I to me, he might as well be a member of the old jackass, Bolshevik, apparatchik, you know, that, that's he has terrorizing been, the nation. He might as well belong to them. I hate him that much. Well, he's been handpicked uh, to be the, 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 the establishment. But you know what? One of the things that individuals that really upset me this past uh, week, uh, Bob Dole, former Bob Dole, who, who, who lost in the general election yeah. against the Democrats, he, yeah. he said, he said, you know, I can, I, Marco is my, is, is my choice, but I can work with Donald Trump, but I don't like Ted Cruz. And there it goes. Uh, he, there's, there's, he, you know, he's beating a lot of the odds out there because he's going up against the establishment that cannot stand him at all. And that's, and yeah, that's, I, I know, I know. And I, I've always liked Ted. I told you, and I've said this on the air, I admire him when he stood up in the Senate and called mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell a, a, a liar. Yes. That, that took guts. And, and yes. oh, uh, wait, I want to drag Rubio through, the, through his well-earned mud one more time. Do you know, before TPP was passed, they had yes. a vote to fast-track it. Yes. And Rubio provided the 60th vote to bring TPP to the floor and fast-track it. That is abominable. That's the bill that's thousands upon thousands of pages that was hidden in the White House basement that if you wanted to read it, you couldn't bring a pad, your phone, you couldn't take any notes of any kind. You could only read it and go. Now, that's the way a constitutional republic operates. The silence of the press is a sacrilege on that. Could you imagine if a Nixon or a Reagan tried to hoist some BS like that? Uh, on the Congress legislation. Oh, no, it, it's only going to be in a, in a basement room of the White House. No, you can't take notes. No, you can't make copies. No, you can't take pictures with your phone. And it's X amount of thousands of pages, and then you're going to vote yes for this? I mean, this goes back to what I talked about at the top of the show, Ruben. These Republicans make me sick. And I'd sooner remain a Democrat and fight Bolshevik Democrats than cross over to these. Uh, I, I I can't even say the words I'm thinking because I only rate the show PG-13, Ruben. 
you know, when I set up the episode, you're asked, is it going to be R or PG-13? I say PG-13. Uh, but the words that I want to levy to this Republican Party, and that's why I'm pro-Trump. And if it's not Trump, it better be Cruz, because uh, I think if it's not one of those two gentlemen, the, the Republican Party ceases to exist. You're right. And the You're right. Party I, comes I, I, out. I absolutely, I'm with you on that. But, you know, I'm basically reading off individuals that, and I think they're basically Democrats, uh, because they're basically saying that it's pitiful to have um, Trump and Cruz being the top guys in the the GOP primary, um, that, you know, what are they thinking? You know, they keep bringing this up, Cruz is a Canadian. No, Cruz is an American, you know? You know? Yeah, I, I don't even bother with that hogwash. I mean, stop, yeah. especially after we have our jackass in the office. Wait a second. Yeah. We have a bonafide conservative, and we're going to uh, uh, disavow him because he's even yeah. got more more uh, U.S. citizenship than our jackass. Although I, I always exactly. thought Obama was a citizen. I just thought the, the thing that he was concealing, the, the little, you know, second city Punk, as I also call him, because Second City is a reference to Chicago. Punk is a reference to his lack of manliness. Um, the uh, Second City punk applied for student aid as a foreign student. That's what I always thought he was concealing, Ruben. I mean, right. he did, he, you know, I don't know, he was born here, Ohio, wherever the hell. I don't think he was born in Kenya. Uh, I think he was hiding that fact, which alone is a fraud. Which right out of the gate, and then there's the thing with his social security number. I can't even explain that, Ruben. But you know, he has the you social know, the, security the number of a dead guy from Connecticut. The difference between Obama and 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 Ted Cruz is Ted Cruz loves his country. Yes. You won't. You will not see Ted Cruz uh, be going on an apology tour, apologizing to our enemies. You will not see that. He's someone who really, really believes and cares about his country. That's a huge difference between him and, 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 and Barack Obama. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Obama, it's clear his agenda is to devastate the American Christian middle class, both, or not both, all, whether white, black, or Hispanic. If you're Christian middle class, you're in the crosshairs of the old jackass Bolshevik apparatchik. Now, I also, you know what? I'm taking things for granted. Uh, I want to explain. The apparatchik was the Bolshevik machinery behind, in the Soviet Union and behind the Iron Curtain, because don't forget, uh, Russia occupied Eastern European nations in the World War II with Hitler. As they moved west, they entered Eastern European nations like Poland, Dutch, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Bulgaria, Romania, you know, all these, Hungary, all the countries over there. Um, the apparatchik was their combination of secret police, citizen informers that would just throw you in jail if you look wrong, say, at the uh, Bolshevik occupation. 
And that's what the apparatchik is. Uh, that was witnessed by even our group, Ruben. I don't know if you were with us when we were uh, campus tea parties, but the IRS was holding up our application for 501c3. And, and I was with a tea party in Central Jersey. I was just a member because I've been an officer of many statewide tea party groups and, and the local group. I was the president, vice president, communications director, etc. And I was always elected, and I like that. Uh, no self-appointing. Um, that that went on uh, when, with the IRS and with this group in South Jersey. One of the questionnaire, one of the questions they sent like a fifteen-page questionnaire. Now my advice was to tear it up and throw it in the garbage. Screw them. But one of the questions was. Do you start? Do you have prayers during your meeting? And if so, they wanted to know what the prayer was. You know, I also joked with this group. Let's put down we're praying to Allah and we're facing Mecca, uh, and we'll right away we'll, we'll have all our applications approved. Uh, but that's what an apparatchik does. It uses the power and the authority of government to squash opposition and dissent. So when you hear me use that term apparatchik, that's what I'm referring to. Because it's not just the IRS. It's OSHA. It's the Department of Labor. You can go down the line of all the government agencies that will fall on you like a swarm of locusts if you somehow make it uh, in the public arena against him. Look, even Ben Carson, Dr. Carson, he said after he made his comments, he was audited, his family members were audited, his even friends he had were audited by the IRS. That's what an apparatchik does. It squashes dissent. It promotes censorship. And that's what's going to come along for the ride with uh, the, uh, you know, head of the Clinton crime family at this point, Hillary. (laughs) That's what's going to remain installed. Those people are going to remain there. As opposed to a Donald Trump or a Ted Cruz, we'll be weeding them out. Tell your story walking. Um, I'm hoping with a President Trump or Cruz that there's a, a a temporary spike in unemployment as we kick these Bolsheviks, these ideologues, these people out of Washington, D.C., because the rule of the road, as it looks to me, because I've managed large corporate departments, I've managed a lot of people. The rule with these people isn't competency in your field of expertise. So if you're a security guy and your field of expertise is security or you're an economics guy, and your expertise is economics. They don't give a crap. Their question, uh-huh. are you a radical leftist ideologue? Do you have blind loyalty to old jackass and his apparatchik? And if you answer yes for those two questions, you're in, baby. And which is one of the reasons we're in this mess is because we're loaded with unqualified political hacks starting from the presidency going down all the way to the local level, because I've experienced it here in my little township with my local Democrat Party. All of those people don't like me, Ruben. 
And it's not because of the radio show. It was because I was on the 2010 congressional ballot. Oh, they don't like me. They know who I am. Anyway, Ruben, we're down to six minutes, baby. Yeah, yeah, Bob. I wanted to touch. I wanted to touch. I wanted to touch on what uh, Roger brought up about the the the, the Clinton, which I th- I thought it was really struck a nerve when he said that Captain Willett, that the investigators that that Hillary Clinton, they're, they're constantly harassing Catherine Willett and a lot yeah, of Yeah, it was even worse. The sin that they had against Catherine Willett is even worse than I thought. Ruben, go ahead, outline it. The uh, that that is something that it, 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 it looks like they're they're really they're they're terrorists. They're they're local terrorists uh, terrorizing these individuals because they were. They had the nerve to open up and say something negative about the Clintons that they are constantly being attacked and, and deservedly so. Hey, you, you, um, you, you know it's even worse than you think. I, I'm sure you've heard the name Jennifer Flowers. Yes, yes. Right, Clinton's girlfriend for ten years, whatever. She was very afraid she was going to be killed. She mm-hmm. put up a website and she put the names and the situation surrounding the death and she had it over 200 people Wow! that met their demise that were Clinton adversaries. Now the reason it was so high is because several episodes planes unexpectedly blew up in the air and the Clinton targets were on the plane but also so were many innocent people now, my, my, my favorite Clinton murder is the head of the DNC was uh, an African-American gentleman by the name of Brown. I think Ron Brown, maybe. Lee Brown. Lee when, Brown? Oh, Ron Brown. Right. Ron Brown. Yeah, he was head of the DNC. He was head of the DNC. Yeah, he was, killed, he was he, killed in a plane accident. Yeah, right, and the 11 people on him. But do you know what was interesting? The radar operator for that area that was tracking the plane that went down that killed Ron Brown and the other people on board, the radar operator was found slumped over the radar screen with a bullet to the back of his head. Now, when when I heard all of this, I thought, oh, come on, this can't be right. They killed Ron Brown. And And the reason for that was he was talking deal with the Justice Department because they were going after Bill for whichever atrocity, you know, du jour. Um, But the thing is, after Ron Brown and his plane went down, three days later, or a few days later, his lawyer was gunned down on the streets of Washington, D.C. in a still unsolved drive-by shooting. Now, Mm. so not only did they get Ron Brown, they got his lawyer, too. Wow, so, that 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 I was I, that I was not aware. Yeah, yeah, this happened way back when I followed that. And the thing is, if you I don't know if Jennifer Flowers still has this site up, but it was difficult getting to it because the porn world went absolutely nuts with Jennifer Flowers, Jennifer Flowers lookalikes, and you had to like fight your way through the porn pop-ups to get to her legitimate site. But I toughed it out one day, and I was reading all about it. Also, I have to tell you, um, one of my temporary assignments 
you know, because I was a contractor and I would I would lend out my expertise for hire, uh, was a jewelry management consulting firm. And we had several customers in Arkansas. And, you know, we were a management consulting firm, so we'd have to woo them. I'd take them out to dinner. And these people told me how relieved they were that the Clintons moved from Arkansas to D.C. because everyone in Arkansas was scared to death of them because everyone knew all these murders are going on. So this is the Clinton. I'm shocked that she's even being considered to be a candidate for president. Yeah, and if this, woman is, if this woman is elected, students, you are so screwed. Look, I'm 62. I'm on the other side of the mountain. You know, I've already climbed my mountain in my lifetime. I've already lived the brunt of my life. And I lived it in a capitalist uh, society. You will not be so lucky if you see a Hillary Clinton elected president. That is the last thing you want. That should waken you at night with a cold sweat because they're the most horrific people this country has to offer. I guess it's the old saying, the scum rises to the top. Anyway, we are students for a better future. We appreciate your donations. For every dollar you give us, we spend $1.65. So we've got 165% of donations are put into the field. Ruben and I are unpaid. Right. No one gets paid in this organization for what we do. Our pay just goes for studio time, equipment, and things to help us make this presentation. Ten seconds, and we are led by Her Highness Doreen Finkel. Ruben, you want to say good night? Good night. Next week we have another high-profile guest you'll know during the week. <laughs> good night, sir. Love you, baby. Uh, how are you doing?